Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Resources. I have resources to do what he said. To do what you said. I'm thoroughly furnished. I'm thoroughly furnished with wisdom and power. With wisdom and power. Say, I have resources. I have resources to do what you said. To do what you said. open to receive all you have for me this month. See, this month of the Holy Ghost, I want to see you clearer. I want to walk with you more intimately. See, let your influence in my life more than ever before. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Come on, give him praise right now. Glory! Come on, I said glory! Hallelujah. You may please be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how was work today? How was, how was your day? I hope you had a great time. For those of you who are tuned in online, I welcome you. I think the Abuja Church is streaming. I don't know. If you're streaming, scream and, you know, I can hear you supernaturally. God bless you. Hallelujah. What a month we're about to have. Did you hear what I said? 
I said, what a month we're about to have. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's get into the business of today. First, I want to start by reading from Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Open Romans 11, 33. Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Are you there? Come on, I said, are you there? Read together. One, two, go. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Everybody read together one more time. One, two, go. Hallelujah. I don't know if you understood what you just read. He says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. The depth of the riches. Like, like this is the response of someone who has had the privilege to gaze into the subject of theology. And he, he just loves it. And this is a good place to start. When you think about the fact that the theme of the month is the Holy Ghost, a, a good place to start is to realize how big a privilege it is that you get to study God. It's a huge privilege. I don't know if it's still obtainable today, but, you know, when we were, were much younger, an African parent, a typical African parent, has, you know, some certain courses of study that they respect. It's either you're an engineer, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, or you're nothing. And so, in those days, when someone tells you, I'm studying mechanical engineering, or petroleum engineering, or medicine, there is a kind of admiration that that commands, you know, just, just because of what the person is studying. Because people consider that course of study to be special. Wow. You're studying law. Wow. I want you to know that theology is the highest thing to study. There is nothing else a man will ever have the privilege to study that will be higher and better. And so if there is any course of study in the world that commands your admiration, this is the highest. Oh, the depth. Both of the riches, depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And then next he says, how unsearchable are his judgments. Unsearchable. You know, so he's telling you normally, this should be beyond us. If someone saw you preoccupied in your studies and came closer and asked you, well, what are you reading about? What are you studying? And your answer was the Holy Ghost. The person ought to think you're not. Because it, it, it's meant to be beyond you. Listen, if you don't understand this, you won't realize how big a privilege it is that we even get to handle a subject like this. 
See, when you are studying God, you are searching something unsearchable. He says, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. You know, the Greek word translated past finding out is this. It means there are no trails to follow. No fingerprints. It's just like a crime scene without fingerprints. So what he's telling you in essence is this. You can't find God if he doesn't want to be found. (laughs) There is no wisdom that man can employ to find God, to figure God out. You can only know God because he has chosen to reveal himself. Listen, he says his ways are past finding out. He has no trails to follow. At least not by human senses. No wonder Paul said in Ephesians 3, 14. Now he's talking not to everyone, but to an esoteric class, those born of the Spirit. And he says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. So listen, comprehension is esoteric. It's not for everybody. So he says that you may be able to comprehend with the saints. So when you get born again, you, 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 you are enrolled to embrace the privilege of comprehension. Now you can know God. And he says that you will comprehend with the saints. The depth, the height, the length, and the breadth. And then everybody read verse 19. Loudest again, want to go. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Listen, I don't even know if you see the oxymoron and the, the seeming contradiction here. To know what is beyond knowledge. <laughs> Did you see that? To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. <laughs> That's how esoteric it is. That when you're studying God, you're studying something that is beyond studies. And that when you know God, you have known something beyond knowledge. To know what is beyond knowledge. That's how big a privilege it is to study the Holy Ghost. And this foundation is very important because if you don't understand this foundationally, that when you're studying God, you're studying his spirit, this is beyond science. This is beyond knowledge. Listen, I mean, if you have exhausted the depth of human wisdom. You have not even scratched the surface in the understanding of God. This is beyond knowledge. And so when you have this foundation, it won't surprise you that some of the things you would discover in your journey to the knowledge of God, in the revelation of God, 
don't really add up when it comes to human intelligence and sense. Neither should it. We're talking about God. And if your gray matter can fully comprehend God, be afraid. Because what you understood was not God. Must have to be a creation of your imagination. But because he's God, you can't box him. So if you begin to study God and your logic is not sweating, your brain is not, apart from the grace and the mercy of God, it doesn't feel like your brain is about to turn to liquid and just drain out of your ears. Then maybe you're not getting it right. For instance, when you want to study the Godhead, what do you make of it? And that's where I want to start. Four things to know. Number one, God is one. Number two, God is three. Number three, the three persons are each fully God. Number four, each person is distinct from the others. What is number one? What is number two? Surprise, surprise. Listen, this is one of the most fundamental, foundational things to know about God. And the beginning of the knowledge of the Godhead just messes up your knowledge of mathematics. And it's no surprise when you realize it's God you are studying. And the mistake many people make is they try to walk from their knowledge. They think if God is one, he cannot be three. <laughs> but the business of someone who is subscribing to revelation knowledge is to pick what the Bible says. Are you with me? And so now we want to, I wish I had more time to talk more on the Trinity. And don't let semantics bother you. There are many things that the Bible implicitly teaches that don't exist as, as a word. You know, some people will say Trinity is not in the Bible. Neither is rapture. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if theologians come up with a term to explain it, it doesn't make the doctrine in and of itself human invention. If the Bible really clearly, I mean, think about John 1.1. 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. If you just said in the beginning was the word and the word was God, then you can, you can dribble around that. But when he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So at the same time, on one hand, he's telling you God is one. <laughs> and then he's differentiating the persons. The Bible is very specific about these things. Come on, are you with me? Yes, 
very specific about these things. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was who? Do you believe that? You see, and so when we are talking about Jesus, I usually make it a point of duty to prove the doctrine of the deity of Christ. But today, I want to emphasize the deity of the Spirit. So important. Because many people are inclined to equate the Spirit with some non-material force that animates, just simply animates matter. Just comes into non-living things and make them alive. The Holy Spirit is not a force. Let's see, I've learned not to assume that people know things. That's why I want to break this down. And the first teaching of this month, it makes every sense that we are as elementary as possible so that we can, from Sunday, just move on. Because the things of the Spirit have to be intelligent. There has to be a doctrine backing it up. And that's, we want to lay the doctrinal foundation today and help you understand. You see, I listened to someone say something very intelligent years ago. He said, in the upper room, suddenly there was a rushing mighty wind. Or the sound of a rushing mighty wind. There was actually no wind, just the sound. Are you aware? And then cloven tongues as of fire sat on the heads of everyone. And it is noteworthy that when people gathered to say, what is happening here? People didn't just say, oh, it's a mystery. You don't get it. They could systematically explain from the Bible what was happening. And so, our flow in the charismatic must be intelligent. We must be able to explain from the word of God. And so, as we expect a rich encounter with the spirit of God this month, it makes sense that we at least know from the word of God who the spirit is. Spirit, generally in the Bible, both human or divine, are persons. They are persons, not impersonal forces. So I'm saying the Spirit of God is not wind. He's not electricity. He's more than that. He's not a dove. He's a person. Yes, there are many metaphors used to describe him. Yes, in the Bible, he's associated with the power of God in several instances. Several instances. Take down Micah chapter 3 verse 8. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. You might want to read Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. It's a very popular text. In Zechariah 4 6, he says, So he answered and said unto me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by power, but by my spirit. Not by, or not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So the spirit is associated with power. Luke chapter 1 verse 17 and verse 35. Luke chapter 4 verse 14. 
Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Romans chapter 1 verse 4, Romans chapter 15 verse 13. I hope you are taking down these references. You are doing your best too, aren't you? (laughs) I will go over them again. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is associated with power. Micah chapter 3 verse 8. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. Luke chapter 1 verse 17 and verse 35. Luke chapter 4 verse 14. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So he says the Holy Ghost and with power. Right? Yet the power of God is never impersonal. And there is a simple law of synonyms. All right? The simple law of synonyms is that the words can be used interchangeably. Do you understand what I just said? But in many instances where the Holy Spirit is used, if you substitute it with power, it wouldn't make sense. Because it is clear that a person was being referred to. And that tells you that he's not just some power, like some force, like electricity, or like energy. He's a person. Say loud amen. amen. Come on, I said say loud amen. amen. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 27. Romans chapter 8 verse 27. Romans chapter 8, verse 27. Read it as loud as you can. One, two, go. It says, now he who searches the hearts knows what is the what? So the spirit has a mind. Are you with me? Yeah, so the spirit has a mind. Electricity doesn't have a mind. Wind has no mind, but the spirit has a mind. Turn your Bibles, the book of John. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 17. Are you there? It says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees it neither sees what? It neither sees now who is the him? The spirit of truth, right? It says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. So Jesus was not introducing a force. He was introducing a person. Did you hear what I said? He says, the world has not seen him. The world does not know him. But you know him. He has been with you and shall be 
in you. By the way, there's a theological terminology I want to just introduce to you. Just so that when you hear it somewhere, it won't be strange to you. Write this down. C-I-R-C-U-M-I-N-C-E-S-S-I-O. C-I-R-C-U-M-I-N-C-E-S-S-I-O. How is it pronounced? How is it pronounced? Secomincesio, right? What does it mean? It means mutual involvement. Mutual involvement. I wish I had enough time to explain this. You know, a long time ago, when I was teaching on the Trinity, I had some questions. I asked people, now the Bible is clear what it means when it says Jesus is the Son of God. The sonship of Jesus refers to the incarnation. When Mary was told that she was going to have a child, she said, how shall it be seeing that I know not a man? And to that the angel replied, he says, the spirit of the Lord will overshadow you. He says, therefore, that holy thing that shall be born of you shall be called the son of the highest. Why will it be called the son of the highest? Because no male was involved in his conception. So who's the father of the baby? God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when we talk about the sonship of Jesus, we're referring to the incarnation. So now, it begs the question. If Jesus is eternal in his existence but only became son in the incarnation, who was he before? Well, the Bible clearly says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And so it seems as if that the personalities of the Godhead, they, they, are, they are interwoven. So what is the difference between God the Father and God the Holy Spirit if God is spirit? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, circumcision actually tells you that there is a mutual involvement. The three persons in the Godhead, they, they work together in such an intimate way that God, you know, is in Christ and Christ is in God. And that Jesus can tell anyone, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Praise the name of Jesus. But it still doesn't mean there aren't three persons. Because they are. They are. The Bible tells us that God the Father was there at the beginning. The creation of the world. It tells us that the word was there at the beginning. The creation of the world. John 1.1. 1, 1. It tells us that the spirit was there at the beginning. The creation of the world. God is one. God is three. And there is a mutual involvement. Praise the name of the Lord. 
and then it takes your devotional life to a whole new level when you know the person who works with you. If it was electricity, that would be powerful enough. That will make you a mobile transformer. That's dangerous. That's power. But he's more than that. So when we say that the Spirit of God resides in the believer, we are talking about the same Spirit that hovered over the face of the deep. That same Spirit. That same Spirit. Come on, I said that same Spirit. Come on, I said that same Spirit. Listen. And so, there is another, you know, term that you must have heard before. Have you heard the word paraclete? Come on, have you heard the word paraclete? You know, who is the paraclete? You fell for my trap. Let's get into the word. John chapter 14. Zotela patea toko protele patigas. Zote caponde remene cushetes. Are you here? Come on, I said, are you here? John chapter 14 from verse 16. I will pray the Father and he will give you another Paracletus. Come on now, he said another. So you're not exactly wrong if you call the Holy Spirit Paraclet. But he called him another. So who is the Paraclet? Come on, I said, who is the Paraclet? Say it loud. Say it with conviction. So now, listen. This helps you understand the ministry of the Spirit. When you understand that he is Allah's Paracletus. Another. Another. Meaning his ministry is similar to the role that Jesus played in the lives of his disciples while he was on earth. Listen. Jesus had been with them. Healed them when they were sick. Healed all that were sick. You know was a source of encouragement, a source of hope. And now he's going. And then he tells them, I won't leave you orphans. I won't leave you comfortless. I won't leave you without encouragement, without support. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you Alos Paracletos. Meaning, whoever he's talking about or introducing must have an impact as powerful as Jesus had in the incarnation to these disciples. Think about it. Jesus, in essence, told his disciples, you are not going to miss me. It's either he was exaggerating or we have not grasped the real power of this spirit of God that we have. Just imagine Jesus was on the earth physically and that he knew he knew your house and that like he came to the house of Peter he could come to your house and that your mother-in-law is sick and he just touches her and she's healed instantly. You know that level of power and authority and comfort and you're walking with him on the road asking him questions. Just imagine well don't imagine you have something better Listen, he said, I lost Paracletos. Meaning, 
In fact, he said, what we are going to have is better. He said, I mean, it is to your benefit that I go. He said, if I don't go, the comforter will not come. Meaning that comforter must be so powerful. Hallelujah. And he is better in the sense that Jesus was limited to his earthly body. So he could only go to one place per time. But this Alos Paracletos, you know, someone did like an etymology of that Greek word and discovered it doesn't just mean another one of a different kind. It also means another one of a different number. Are you with me? Another one of a different number. Because Jesus in the incarnation, if he was in Peter's house, he wasn't anywhere else. And if he was with Zacchaeus, he wasn't anywhere else. But this Alos Paracletos, Elamanda Rabaya, as I am talking, he can be talking to me, talking to you, talking to you. Listen, he's another one of a different number. Do you know what that means? That Jesus can be moving in 10,000 places on the earth at the same time. He doesn't have to say, okay, let's go. Where is the problem? Mm -mm. Wherever his children are, wherever you are, it doesn't matter your language. It doesn't matter your country. It doesn't matter. As long as you are a believer and you have the Holy Ghost, it is as though Jesus were on earth physically. It is either you believe it or you don't. He said, you won't miss me. Because of you and the spirit that you carry, your world will not miss Jesus. Did you hear what I said? Your world will not miss Jesus. Before we even talk about your world, let's talk about you. What kind of life ought you to live? What kind of life are you meant to live as someone who is a carrier? As someone who has the privilege to be a courier of God? God never dwelt in temples. The temples were just meant to be a picture of the human body. I've explained it to you before. Of all the places and the things and the great planets that God has created, He has only chosen one place of dwelling. Your heart. Hallelujah. And so now, everywhere you go, He goes. Think about that. 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 Think about the possibilities in that reality. I mean, listen, it doesn't matter the chaos in your life. The chaos, chaos at the beginning of the earth was greater. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. Then something happened one day. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep. You know, sometimes we're ministering to people, people fall under the power. You think it's ordinary that the power of the Holy Ghost touches you. You think it's ordinary that you feel his influence from the crown of your head to the tip of your toes. You think it's ordinary. The same spirit that came over the face of the deep. Listen, you, when he came over the face of the deep, you know what happened? The Bible says light came from darkness. Yes. 
Yeah, that was to foretell salvation. But think about the concept of light coming from darkness. Light from darkness. Meaning from the symbol of impossibility and limitation. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. The very thing that was the limitation became the advantage. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's, that's the power of the spirit. This is what the prophet was trying to explain and describe. He says, until the spirit be poured out from on high. He says, and the fruitful field will become a forest. That's the possibility of the spirits. The wilderness becomes a fruitful field. The fruitful field becomes a forest. Ah, the power and the... Listen, the Lord is launching us into a new realm of intimacy. A realm where we stop playing church. A realm where people can see the power of Jesus tangible in our lives. There ought to be something extraordinary about us. This is not a fairy tale. He said the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Are you listening to me? I like that text, Romans 8, 11. I mean, it's, it's just, I like the comparison. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, ah, something must happen. Something must happen. Something must happen. You must be able to compare the impact. Expect the same result. If the spirit of him, I like that if. <laughs> if it is true. If it is true. That the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised Christ from the dead. Shall also. <laughs> I want you to listen. Think about that word also. Because now I'm trying to show you. I mean if the spirit of God did all the things that the Bible says he did. There must be also in my life. There must be. There ought to be some power. In my life. There ought to be some power. Listen. There are some things you must settle this month. Welcome to your also experience. When Jesus was on the earth. He shook the entire world in three and a half years. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. How long have you been filled with the Spirit? What have you done with the Spirit? Where is your own also? Where is, where is, if the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, where is the impact? What is the result? Some things ought to shake. Some things ought to change. Some things ought to change. Hallelujah. Come and I said, Hallelujah. Come and I said, Hallelujah. Are you ready for that? Listen, listen, listen. It all starts with your mind. You must just refuse to be mediocre. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, it must count in my life. I'm not going to play church. It must count in my life. It must count in my life. Speak in tongues for a minute. It must count in my life. 
it must count in my life it must count in call your name and say Emmanuel it must count in your life that you carry the Holy Ghost it must count in your life it must count in your life it must count in your life it must count in power it must count in wisdom it must count in ability it must count in capacity it must count 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 telemon de le bahaya paya katongris sapalendo repetale kongris sapai rundere menela hondere bakatos le pandere mene koshete belendom bretakurike ambaleton sepaka arendom grasipe kapondere mene en sondo rapakale tongresa telemande reton sepeteke it must count 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 thank you jesus it must count thank you lord it must count hallelujah come on i said hallelujah and we are so blessed with a compendium of people compendium of people who walked with the spirit you know he gave us a promise he says lo i am with you always even to the end of the world and you read of people who walked with the spirit the things that they were able to do the bible tells us that some stopped quenched the fire stopped the mouth of lions receive their dead back to life it's time for us to write our own faith story if they wanted to write about you what would they say i mean when you read about your mates all that they did he says he says time will fail me meaning he wants to talk about people who walk with god the signs and the wonders they did he said time will fail me there are too many. Hallelujah. Where are you in the, are you in the number? <laughs> Hallelujah. Enlist yourself. Enlist yourself. When we investigate your life, then we must be able to see some power, some supernatural. It, it, it must be supernatural. It must be. This month, we will pray like never before. Did you hear what I said? We will pray. Let's, let's express ourselves. Let's, let's walk like he has called us to walk. Let's use what is ours. Let's test it. Let's not waste our time. Huh? If it is walking, let's walk it. Let's walk in it. For the benefit of your family. For the benefit of your world. Hallelujah. I want you to do something. Close your eyes now. Close your eyes now. Focus on the spirit right now. 
Focus on the spirit. 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 Wow. A lot of angelic activity around this hall. Thank you, Jesus. Focus on the spirit. It says, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, also, 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 you mean the same spirit by which Jesus did all that he did in the incarnation, that spirit is in me? That spirit is in me? It must show. It's my privilege to show him to my world. Speak in tongues right now. Speak in tongues. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.